0: Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to one of our final episodes of the Jack Benny Show from the 1952-1953 season. Just got about three episodes left or so. Some of our other Jack Benny shows will be winding down this week even. I think this is the final episode this week of the 1943-19... No, 1942-1943 season that we play on Thursdays. So starting next week... To replace some of these shows, I'll be airing some of our Summer of the Stars programming with film stars in their own radio shows. Um, it's fun in the summers. I love the summertime in that I can bring you shows that I wouldn't normally bring us throughout the course of the year, and people can really see if they enjoy some of these programs. So uh, we should have a lot of fun with Orson Welles and Jimmy Stewart and um, Cary Grant and Robert Young, just a lot of great programming. I've decided to do something else as well. If folks donate anytime time from now until July, I won't, so the whole month of June and this last little bit of May we have, uh, any money you donate will not be used to help with the broadband Uh, and fund the podcast. Instead, I'm going to take all that money and put it towards getting the best sounding recordings I can of our summer programming. Because I just checked, and there's probably seven different programs with upgrades available that I don't have that I would love to bring you higher sound quality. So if you would like to help me fund... Getting more of the higher sound quality programming that I can get, then please go ahead and donate to um, Buckbennyotrgmail.com. You can get to you can give me PayPal donations at that address. You can go to my our website. Um, just type in Buck Benny podcast and it'll lead you right to my website. The first link you run into in any search engine. And right there on the right hand side it'll say make a donation, and you can do that. Or you can email me at buckbennyotr@gmail.com and ask for my address. I'll send you that. You can send me check, money, order, whatever you want. Like I say, anything for the next month or so that comes in, we'll take and apply it directly to upgrades for our summer programming. Um, today's episode of Jack Benny, a lot of you will notice it's... You've, You'll say, hey, I've heard this recently. Back in October, it was from the 1947-1948 season, but now it's six years later, and they're taking that same script and doing it again. What I think is interesting about the script is at the end of it, there's some risque bits with Jack that you really couldn't do in television. And it's funny how much looser radio could be and more risque than early television. And early television really wouldn't get that probably risque until the mid-to-late 60s. -60s. So, um, anyway, listen to the episode, see what you think. Uh, Email me with anything you want. And uh, thanks so much for listening this year. It's been a great year, and we'll have a few more Sundays with Jack before we get on to our Summer of the Stars full-blown but be expecting some of the stars to start trickling in as we run out of series currently so we'll see you next time the jack
1: benny program jack benny with mary livingston rochester dennis day bob crosby and yours truly Ladies and gentlemen, let's go out to Jack Benny's home in Beverly Hills, where, as you know, he lives alone with his butler, Rochester. It's 9.30 in the morning, and as usual, one is in bed while the other is in the kitchen preparing breakfast.
2: Now, let's see, where are the eggs? (laughs) Gee, it's so hard to find anything in this refrigerator. Maybe I ought to trade it in. I hear the newer models have a light in them.
3: <laughs>
2: oh, here's an egg on the bottom shelf. Pretend you're happy when you're blue. Should I have one egg or take two? <laughs> eh, one egg's enough. I just said two so it would rhyme. I think I'll scramble it. Let's see now. First, I'll break it into this bowl. Hmm. Gosh, I'm weak in the morning.
3: <laughs>
2: Maybe I better have my orange juice first. Yeah, I'll make some orange juice, See,
3: that
2: orange juice sure looks good Now to get the seeds out Here's one, two, three, four, five I think I'll go outside and Nah, it would take them years to grow <laughs> Pretend you're happy when you're blue.
4: <laughs>
2: da 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 da. da now, who can that be?
4: Hello? Hello, this
2: is Roos' jewelry store in Beverly Hills. Yes? The diamond necklace with the emerald pendant you ordered is ready and we can deliver it today. Please have your check for $12,000 ready. Look, uh, this is Jack Benny Uh, You must have the wrong number Must have? I haven't been this wrong since I gave two to one on Walcott (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. What reason would I have to buy a diamond necklace? Looks silly on me. <laughs> now to have my orange. Say, that's funny. The glass is empty. Somebody drank my orange juice. And there's nobody in the house but Rochester. That's it, Rochester. Wait a lie. <laughs> Rochester? Rochester, did you drink my orange juice? Rochester, you're not fooling me. Get
5: up. Rochester. I know I'm cute, honey, but control yourself. <laughs> hmm,
2: maybe he is asleep. I'll tickle him and wake him up.
5: Rochester! (laughs) Oh, oh, it's you, boys! What a disappointment.
2: Now, Rochester, I made a glass of orange juice. I went in the next room to answer the phone. And when I came back, the orange juice was gone.
5: Maybe the mice drank it.
2: Mice don't drink orange juice.
5: In California?
2: (laughs) All right, I know you drank it, but we'll talk about it later. Now, get out of bed. I want you to drive me down to the doctor's office. I gotta go for a
5: physical. What's the matter, boss? You feel bad?
2: No, no, it's just that my sponsor's taking out an insurance policy on me and I have to be examined.
5: Uh, how much is the policy for?
2: A million dollars. But if I'm killed accidentally, the sponsor collects two million dollars.
5: Two million? Yes. Boys, you better watch your step. I hear your sponsor's hobby is rifle shooting.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm not worried about that. He does his target practice on a range way out at Sunset in Westwood. I don't even pass there on my way home.
5: I know, but for $2 million, they can make a bullet that waits for you at Pico (laughs) and (laughs) Subalbana.
2: What are you talking about? My sponsor just trying to protect his investment, that's all. Now hurry downstairs. Imagine him denying that he drank that orange juice. Got a good notion to make him stay in bed all day. No, he'd like that. (laughs) Hmm, I better squeeze another orange. Well, that does it.
6: Oh, Jack, Jack, are you up yet?
2: Huh? Oh, hello, Mary, come on in. I'm in the kitchen. What are you doing here so early?
6: Early? I was here a few minutes ago. I came into the house, walked in the kitchen... Nobody was there, so I drank a glass of orange juice and left.
2: Mary, you... You drank my... All
6: right, here's a dime. <laughs>
2: here's a dime, here's a dime. Don't be so sarcastic. I made a terrible mistake. I accused Rochester of drinking my orange juice.
6: Well, that's you, Jack. Always jump to conclusions.
2: Always what?
3: What?
6: <laughs> was jumping to conclusions i do not what what about that morning you got out of bed and accused rochester of taking your new suit well then you took off your nightgown and there it was (laughs) well that
2: wasn't my fault when i come home tired he's supposed to undress me
6: well anyway i drank your orange juice and you ought to apologize to rochester
2: oh mary i don't have to apologize he knows i'm sorry
6: he does not and you've got to tell him
2: Oh, Mary, I can't.
6: You can too. Now be a man.
5: Oh, hello, Miss Limson.
6: Hello, Rochester. Mr. Benny has something to say to you. Oh. Jack, go ahead.
2: <laughs> well. Jack. Oh, all right. Hmm. Rochester.
6: Turn around and face him. <laughs> Oh. Go on.
2: Well. Rochester.
5: Yes, boss?
2: I'm sorry I said you drank my orange juice.
3: <laughs> Jack, come back here. <laughs>
6: I will now. Oh, what a baby. Well,
5: I better get the car out. I got to take Mr. Benny to the doctor.
6: The doctor? What for?
5: The sponsor took out an insurance policy and Mr. Billy has to be examined. Rochester.
6: Oh,
2: you're back. Yes, Rochester, get the car now, we'll go. Now, I've got a hurry, Mary, so you... Oh, darn it, there's the phone. Just when I'm ready to leave. Hello?
7: Hello, Jack, guess who this is?
2: Huh? Who is this? I'm in a hurry.
7: I'll give you a hint. Roses are red, violets are blue, Sugar is sweet, and I'm lumpy, too. <laughs>
3: oh,
2: for heaven's
1: sakes, Don, I have to rush away. What'd you call me for? Well, Jack, I've got the sportsman here, and we've got a wonderful idea for a commercial. But,
2: Don, I don't want to hear it over the phone. You can wait the rehearsal. Anyway, I don't like the songs they've been picking lately. Why don't they pick something classy once in a while? Classy? That's exactly what this one is. Don, you've been saying for years that these commercials are classy and that quartet always winds up going crazy. Now, why is it they always start out so nice and then go crazy? (laughs) What's that, Jack? Nothing, nothing. I'll see you at rehearsal. (laughs) I thought Rochester was only guessing. Well, I'm gonna have my orange juice and then go. Rochester, did you get the car started? Uh Uh-huh. How'd you get it started so
5: fast? Boss, when I know you're going out the next morning, I let it run all night.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh.
6: Jack, letting your car run all night, doesn't that burn up an awful lot of charcoal?
3: (laughs) Not
8: much. Well, come on, Rochester, let's...
6: Well, look who's here.
8: Hello, everybody. I came in through the kitchen. Oh. Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, Mr. Benny, and thanks for the orange juice.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for heaven's sake. What do you think this is, a cafeteria? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Look it, kid, it's not just the orange juice, it's the principle I'm trying to conserve food
8: Well, my mother conserves food every night
2: Well, she deserves a lot of
8: credit How does she do it? When it's time for dinner, she locks me in a closet Dennis? But last night I got even with her I ate the doorknob What? Now every little thing turns my stomach
3: (laughs)
2: I haven't had my breakfast yet Leave me alone (laughs) What brings you over here anyway?
8: Well, I got a brand new arrangement for my song And I thought maybe you wanted to hear it Uh, Well, do I have to hear it now? I mean, so early? Oh, it isn't early, Mr. Benny I'm up and dressed and out of the house At five o'clock every morning Five o'clock? What for? The buses aren't crowded (laughs) Dennis, where do you
2: have to go At five o'clock in the morning? No place, but I get a seat (laughs) Here, kid, have a doorknob.
6: Jack, not in the head.
2: (laughs) Look, Dennis, you sing your song for Mary and she'll tell me how it is. I've got to have breakfast and rush away to the doctor.
8: Oh, I don't blame you. You look awful. (laughs) What?
2: Sing, kid. You said it. I'll see you kids later. Goodbye.
4: Like a castle of sun.
2: Can't you go a little faster? Okay. You know, right after my I take my physical, we'll go down to the (laughs) Rochester.
5: (laughs) Rochester, they got me! (laughs) They got me! Get back in the seat, boss. That was a tire!
2: (laughs) I should have known we're only at Pico and Roxbury. Rochester, you change the tire, and I can walk to the doctor's office from here. Let me see. His office should be around here. Oh, there it is. Doctors Fenchel and Gordon. Yes, sir. Uh, How do you do? I'm I'm Jack Benny.
6: Oh, yes. You have an appointment for a physical examination. That's right. Well, I'll have to fill out this card first. Name Jack Benny. That's right. Uh, Your address? Uh,
2: 366 North Camden Drive.
6: Your complexion? Ruddy. (laughs) Color of your eyes?
2: Lazy Lagoon Blue.
6: (laughs) Your height?
2: Five foot 10.
6: Your weight?
2: 157.
6: Now I'll just slip this band around your arm, there.
2: Hey, this is awfully tight. What is it?
6: A lie detector, the next question is your age.
2: (laughs) Now wait a minute, I don't need a lie detector to tell you my age, I'm 39. (laughs) But a lie detector can be wrong, too, you know.
6: Well, Mr. Benny, if you'll just sit over there and wait, the doctors will see you in a minute.
2: Well, thank you. How do you like that, using a lie detector when she asked my age? None of the other nurses ever did that. They ask me my age, I tell them I'm 39, they put down whatever they think. <laughs> I've got a good mind to absolutely... Well,
9: so long, doctor, and thanks a lot.
2: Bob!
5: Oh, hello, Jack.
2: Bob Crosby, what are you doing here? Well, they took this X-ray of me, and I I just picked it up. Oh. Say, what's the writing down in the corner of the X-ray? The name of the doctor? Oh, no. No, no, it says, to Brother Bing with love. (laughs) I'm giving it to him for his birthday. Bob, why in the world would you give Bing an X-ray for a present? Well, he's got everything else. Well, that's logical. Uh, may I take a look at it, Bob? Well, sure. Go ahead, Jack. Let me see. Bob, nothing shows in this X-ray. Why is it so blurry? Oh, well, you have to use Polaroid glasses. It's three-dimensional. A three-dimensional X-ray? Well, oh, the doctors like it better than the house of wax. No kidding. No
10: kidding. Jack, what are you doing here?
2: Oh, it's nothing. I just came for an insurance examination. See, the sponsor's taking out a million-dollar policy on me. A million dollars? Uh-huh. Well, who's going to pay the $5 for the medical exam? You are the sponsor? The Blue Cross. I found a loophole.
6: <laughs> so long,
2: Bob. So long.
6: Oh, Mr. Benny, the doctor will see you now.
2: Thank you. Oh, doctor, doctor... (laughs) Well, doctor, here I am.
3: Oh.
11: (laughs) Hello, Bolton's Mortuary? (laughs) What? I'm having lunch with Ralph Bolton. Oh. We're quite friendly. I throw him a lot of business. <laughs>
2: I see.
11: Hello, Ralph. 1.30 at the Brown Derby? Fine. Goodbye, Ralph. I like going out with him. He drives such a big car.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
11: now, Mr. Benny, I'll get my associate in here and we'll give you your examination. Oh, Dr. Gordon?
7: Yes, Dr. Fanchel?
11: Uh, will you help me with this examination? <laughs> this is Mr. Benny.
2: Oh, uh, pleased to meet you, Dr. Gordon.
7: Uh, thank you. Now, Mr. Benny, will you please strip?
2: <laughs> you mean undress? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't need the music. <laughs> oh,
11: I'm sorry. Our last patient was Tassel's Latour.
7: <laughs> oh. Uh, now get behind that screen and take off your clothes.
11: Yes,
2: sir.
7: Uh, when you're ready, Dr. Fenchel and I will be in the next room. Oh,
11: Doctor, I've been concerned about that call you made this morning. Any information yet?
7: Yeah, I I got a report from Dr. Stanley and and it's all over. what was the result? She ran fifth and we lose four
3: bucks.
7: (laughs) I wonder what's taking Mr. Benny so long. Mr. Benny, you got all your clothes off?
2: Yes, yes.
7: Well, then come out from behind that screen.
2: Well, gee, don't I get balloons or anything? (laughs)
7: slip on this gown. Yes, sir.
11: There, I'm ready. Very well. Now, Mr. Benny, will you please step behind this fluoroscope? Yes, sir. Contact? Contact. (laughs) Well, There seems to be a round metallic object near your kidney. Oh, that's a quarter I swallowed years ago. (laughs) Shall we, Dr. Gordon? Why not? Uh, Mr. Benny,
3: will
7: you please hiccup? Hiccup? Yeah. Uh,
11: it's tails, Dr. Gordon, you lose.
3: <laughs>
7: what
2: is this, anyway?
7: Now, hold still, Mr. Benny. We want to examine your stomach through the fluoroscope. Yes, sir.
11: The spleen seems to be okay, and the pancreas is in the right position. Yeah, yeah, but look at the liver. The liver?
2: Yeah, what's that on top of it? Well, I'll be darned, onion! (laughs) Sixty-nine cents at
12: Rexall.
11: (laughs) Now, Mr. Benny, uh, drink this glass of barium. You mean all that white stuff? Yes, it's a harmless chemical, and when you drink it, we can follow its course through the fluoroscope. Oh, all right.
2: Mmm. it tastes awful.
7: You drank it all? (laughs) Mm. There. Oh look, Doctor Fenchel, the barium has reached the esophageal entrance. There it goes over the cricoid cartilage, behind the tracheal bifurcation, and through the arch of the aorta. Now it's passing the esophageal hiatus of the diaphragm.
2: But passes pico and sepulveda. It's dead. <laughs>
7: around the esophical gastric junction.
11: What? He's passing the kidney on the outside. <laughs> headed into the home stretch. It's barium sulfate by two lengths.
3: Come on, native dancer. <laughs> it's barium by a nose. Native dancer is second, and here comes Tassel's Latour. <laughs> doctor,
7: doctor,
2: what is this? <laughs> What's going on here?
7: Uh, well, uh, that's all. The examination is over. You can go now. Well,
5: Thank you. <laughs>
11: Oh, Mr. Benny. Yes? You better put your clothes on.
5: (laughs) Oh,
3: yes.
2: (laughs) I forgot. I'll put my clothes on. A pretty girl is like a
4: melody. Da dee da 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 (laughs) da.
6: Jack, how'd your physical come out?
2: Oh, fine, fine, Mary, but I have to go back tomorrow. Why? I forgot my underwear. (laughs) Good night, folks.
1: Jack Lenny is a regular feature of the United States Armed Forces radio service.
9: victor world leader in radio first in recorded music and first in television presents transcribed the phil harris alice faye show for your enjoyment here is the phil harris alice faye show written by ray singer and nick chevrolet with elliot lewis walter tetley robert north janine roos and whitfield walter sharp and his music and yours truly bill foreman In the old days, going to a dentist was an ordeal. But today, with modern dental techniques, a visit to the dentist is nothing to dread. Except to Phil Harris. He's still living in the dark ages. And he considers a visit to his dentist like going to see Bella Lugosi. More about that later. First, a word from RCA Victor. What style of interior decoration do you prefer? Would you give your living room the warmth and grace of French Provincial? Would you do it in ultra-smart, sophisticated modern? Or would you choose something in between? Well, whatever your taste in decoration, remember this. Your television set will be the most looked-at piece of furniture in the room. With this in mind, RCA Victor has created the greatest selection of truly beautiful cabinets in its history. A choice of 42 different combinations of styles and finishes. Within this wide selection, you're sure to find sets that seem to have been custom-designed for your particular room. The new RCA Victor Prentice, for example, may be one of them. This 21-inch console model blends Regency with contemporary styling in a charming bow-front cabinet. And the beautiful Prentice is available in your choice of mahogany or limed oak finish. See the great new line of RCA Victor television receivers at your dealers tomorrow. They're America's most beautiful sets, yet prices start as low as $199.95. And when you buy one of the new RCA Victor television sets, you can enjoy America's finest installation and maintenance through an RCA Victor factory service contract. This exclusive factory service is another reason why every year more people buy RCA Victor than any other television. And now the stars of the RCA Victor program, Alice Faye and Phil Harris. Going to a dentist affects many people in many different ways. Some don't mind, others are timid, and still others are scared stiff. But Phil Harris reacts in a way all his own. Two minutes ago, he received a phone call from the dentist reminding him of an appointment this afternoon. And now as we look in, he is telling Alice about it.
12: I ain't gonna go. I ain't letting no dentist pull my cute little baby teeth. They're the only thing I got left of my
13: youth. Ain't that the truth, though <laughs> Oh, Phil, don't be a sissy There's nothing to going to a dentist
12: I've never seen such a big baby It's easy for you to talk I'm scared, and I'm not... Hey, wait a minute What am I afraid of? I just remembered He didn't say the appointment was for me
13: You see, you got all upset over nothing Who was the appointment for? You And you were... Me? Oh, 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 Phil I don't want to go to the dentist I'm afraid
12: Afraid of the dentist? <laughs> I'm surprised at you Only cowards are afraid How come all of a sudden You're so brave? Because all of a sudden I ain't the one who's got to go
3: <laughs> Honey, you
12: got nothing To be afraid of The dentist just wants you Down for a cleaning
13: I know, I know But when I get down there He'll find something wrong He'll want to drill or... Pull
12: a tooth Nonsense There's nothing wrong with your teeth Let me look at them Come in Come on, honey Open your mouth and let me see All right Open a little wider Uh, Hi, Curly Hi, Elliot Hmm Very interesting What are you doing, Curly? Looking in Alice's mouth (laughs) What's the matter? Your television set going to blink?
3: (laughs) Mind
10: if I take
12: a peek? No, be my guest
3: <laughs>
12: Open your mouth wider, honey So we can see your teeth uh, uh, Curly, why are we looking at her teeth? Never mind Open wider, honey uh, Yeah, uh, they look good to me Nice and sound You've got teeth like a two-year-old And she, Ellie? Yeah Her fetlocks ain't bad either <laughs>
10: Of course, she's a little sway-back, but with a padded saddle and a light jockey,
12: you'll never notice it. She does have ankles like Native Dancer, doesn't she? All right,
13: you can stop now. Honey, I'm
12: only doing it to get your mind off of going to the dentist. Oh, that's why you're looking at her teeth.
13: Yes, I have to go to the dentist, and and I'm afraid.
12: Oh,
10: that's ridiculous. There's nothing to be afraid of. What do you have to have done to your teeth?
13: Well, I... I have to go down and have them cleaned And and I don't want to go
10: Oh, now, Alice (laughs) If you don't want to go to the dentist, you don't have to I'll take care of everything for you You will? Sure You just give me your teeth, I'll go have them cleaned and
13: bring them (laughs) back Will you please tell him to stop?
12: I certainly will Elliot, you ain't going out of this house with my wife's teeth (laughs) I ain't gonna have her walking around here with a nude mouth (laughs) <laughs> gumming her way through dinner And gumming her.
13: Now, I don't have false teeth
10: Oh, I didn't say you did I was gonna pull them all out, have them cleaned And then glue them back in again <laughs> Well, you don't have to go to all that trouble, Elliot Hers
12: are on a zipper
3: <laughs>
12: Every night, zip, and they're out one night her tongue got caught in the zipper, and for two weeks she was talking like Humphrey Bogart.
3: <laughs> like then
12: she says, "Now move over there because I don't want to fall down." Well, well, I'm warning you. If you don't, if you don't quit, I'm. I- well, look, Alice, I'm
10: just making a joke of it. I'm doing it for your own good. Yeah, we're just trying to get your mind off this
12: horrible ordeal you got to go through.
13: That doesn't. I'm it. gonna go. Honey,
12: will you stop paying no attention to him? It's not an ordeal. But
13: I'm going to be scared I'll I... tell you
12: what Elliot and I'll go with you To comfort you He'll hold your hand And I'll sing to you
6: Well All right I'll go
12: Good Now come on honey I'll drive you down To the dentist in my car I'll sing to you On the way down Now you go put on Your hat and coat And I'll go out in the car And get the band Out of the glove compartment
13: <laughs> the Glove compartment?
12: I used to keep them In the radiator But they drank All the antifreeze <laughs> POSSIBILITIES, POSSIBILITIES, WE'RE LIVING IN A WORLD THAT'S FULL OF POSSIBILITIES. AIN'T NO MIRACLE, TOO IMPOSSIBLE FOR ANYONE WHO SEES THE POSSIBILITIES. IF YOU RECALL YOUR HISTORY THEN YOU WILL FIND THAT ALL ITS FAMOUS MEN TURNED OUT TO BE. The kind of men who never stopped to look behind They looked ahead to see what they could see And they saw possibilities, possibilities They never overlooked a single possibility Proven naturally, opportunity is for the one who sees the possibilities Each time we try to solve a new phenomenon The skeptics say it's just a dream I know But after you're a hero and the job is done Then you can tell them all, I told you so Yes, there are possibilities, possibilities If you will only make the most of your facilities Folks will idolize, even eulogize The little guy that sees the possibilities When Christopher Columbus proved the world was round He called Queen Isabel on his return She said, now tell me, Chris, about this place you found. He said, well, Bell, as far as I'm concerned, it sure got possibilities, possibilities. I tell you, Queen, I've never seen such possibilities. And I really feel we should make a deal before somebody sees its possibilities. When little Abe was growing up in Illinois, to be a big success was his intent. Studied so much harder than the other boys. Till one day he became our president. He saw the possibilities possibilities he never overlooked a single possibility proven naturally opportunity is for the one who sees the possibilities i guess by now there ain't no doubt about the point i'm bringing out so if you'll open up your eyes you are bound to wreck Recognize the possibilities. Possibilities. We're living in a world that's full of possibilities. Ain't no miracle too impossible for anyone who sees the possibilities.
13: I'm getting cold feet The closer I get to the dentist's office, the more scared I get Alice,
10: I think the reason you're afraid is that you have no confidence in your dentist May I make a suggestion? What? Why don't you go to my dentist? Oh, that's all she needs,
12: your dentist What's wrong with my dentist working on her teeth? I'd rather have her bite into an electric fan while it's going <laughs> Just a moment My
10: dentist happens to be an expert He's done all the work on my teeth Look I
12: How they look Real sharp
3: <laughs>
12: He filed them all to a point nicely
3: <laughs>
12: You needn't be sarcastic
10: He also put this gold cap on my front tooth How's that look? <laughs>
12: Rather rural
3: <laughs> <laughs>
12: Kind of abnerish Of lemon abnerish <laughs> When you smile It looks like a sunrise Over a picket fence In Martha's vineyard
13: <laughs> All
10: right, Curly.
13: hey Here's the building My dentist is in Let's go in huh?
10: Say, that's a coincidence My dentist is in this building too Alice, I wish you'd change your mind and see my boy I guarantee he's
13: absolutely Look, you can painless. forget it
12: I am not going to let Alice
10: hey, wait go Wait a
13: minute, Phil, wait a minute Elliot, did you say he was guaranteed absolutely painless?
12: Guaranteed? You'll love him
10: You'll have a lot of confidence in this man Everybody has confidence in this man She wants a dentist, not a confidence man <laughs> Don't be a wise guy Dr. Hertz is a very good dentist. <laughs> Dr. Hertz? Yeah. You must have heard of him.
12: Dr. O. O. Hertz?
3: <laughs>
12: I know I'm a fool for asking this, but what does the O. O. stand for? Ouch, ouch. I know. <laughs>
10: No, I was only kidding, Alice His first name is Oscar And I promise you, you won't feel a thing When this man takes care of your teeth He's very gentle
13: Well, it won't do any harm to see what he's like Where's his office? It's right down the corridor here
10: someplace It's one of these offices Here's his office Here's his office
12: Very gentle, huh? What's the patient screaming for?
14: I can't understand it Doctor, stay away from me Don't you dare come near me Stay away, I say You'll never
6: catch me
12: Look at her go (laughs) Speedy
10: little thing, ain't she? That doctor's pretty fast on his feet, too I think he'll catch her
3: <laughs>
10: Elliot,
12: what kind of a doctor is this? Chasing these patient down the hall Now, don't get excited She's not a patient, she's
10: his nurse <laughs> He's chasing her around the office. <laughs> yes. Oscar is a fun loving fellow. Oh. <laughs> now, then, Alice, would you care to step into his office and wait until he returns from the chase? Get away from me. I'm going now, home. Now, wait a
8: minute.
12: No, you're not. Now, you're going up and see your dentist. Now, come on. Let's get in the elevator and go up to Dr. Brannigan's office. <laughs>
15: Now, oh, please, Mrs. Harris, for the last time, if you want me to examine your teeth, you'll have to open your mouth. Please open your mouth.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
15: <laughs> Mr. Harris, I've had your wife in the chair for a half hour and she refuses to open her mouth. Does she act like that at home, too? Doesn't she ever talk? Are
12: you kidding, Clyde? <laughs> <laughs> She's a regular chatterbox. All the time, it's yadda-ta, yadda yadda-ta, yadda-ta. Yeah, her mouth's always gone. Last week she was
10: down at the beach And she talked so much Her tongue got sunburned <laughs> That's an old dentist
15: joke I thought it would <laughs> This is all very amusing But I'm a very busy man uh, Mrs. Harris, once more Will you please open your mouth? Uh,
4: mm. Mrs.
15: Harris, I'll prove I'm not going to hurt you. I'll show you what I'm going to do to your teeth. Now, Mr. Harris, will you sit in this other chair here and open your mouth so I can
12: show your wife what I am going to do to her teeth? Okay. D- Who? Me? Yes, you. Oh, you must have a leaky gas line. <laughs> Got to light the jet, bud. You've been sniffing that stuff and don't know it. Please sit down, Mr. Harris. Go get yourself another boy. I ain't going to be no shill for no chopper chipper. (laughs) Mr. Harris, I'm not. uh, Chopper chipper? I suppose that
15: means something, but I don't have time to figure it out now. Now, Mr. Harris, just please sit in the chair. I'm not going to do anything to you. All right, all right. But if you promise not to hurt me. I promise. I wouldn't do anything to bruise a little old cream puff like you. (laughs) Just sit still and open your mouth. I, that's...
4: That's
15: a good book. Now, you see, Mrs. Harris, I'm just going to look into your mouth like I'm looking into Mr. Harris's mouth right now and see...
12: Well, what have we here? I don't know, and I ain't hanging around to find out So long, Doc Take care of yourself Brush your teeth twice a day And don't forget to take them out every night Come on, sit down and open your mouth
15: I want to take another look at that wisdom, tooth. Now, let me see Oh, am I going to get a fee for this one? What's the matter, Doc? Do I have a cavity? Cavity? This is a regular Carlsbad cavern (laughs) Oh, I'll have to pull
12: this one, I'm afraid That makes two of us Now, look, Doc, as long as we're both afraid, let's forget the whole thing. I'll have to pull this one right now. (laughs) What are you laughing about? I can't help it. Hey, Doc, isn't this funny?
10: Mrs. Harris came up to have her teeth looked at, and he ends up having his tooth pulled.
9: (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
3: it
15: is funny. uh, Mr. Lewis, would you mind laughing again?
3: (laughs)
10: Not at all
11: (laughs) Uh, Just a a little wider, please I'll be glad to
10: (laughs) Hey, wait a minute, what are you looking at? (laughs) Your teeth Mrs. Harris,
15: you'll have to get out of the chair This one's an emergency I'm going to have to extract a few teeth
10: (laughs) Which ones? Just the upper row (laughs) (laughs) Doctor, you mind if I say something? No, what? How would you like a sock and a snoot?
15: (laughs) Curly, what'd you and your wife get me into? Uh This really is funny. If he hadn't laughed at Mr. Harris, I wouldn't have seen how bad his teeth are. (laughs) This is really a scream, isn't it, Mrs. Harris?
13: (laughs) Ho, ho, ho.
15: Very funny.
13: But you're not gonna get me to open my mouth.
15: Well, shall we get started? Which one of you is going to be first? She is. She
12: is. No, 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 not Mrs. Harris can wait Harris, I think I'll take you first I'd love to, Doc, but you see, I haven't got time now I have a four o'clock appointment to have my appendix removed And I don't want to keep the doctor waiting Yeah, I'll go with him well, why do you have to go with it? I'm his doctor Yeah <laughs> you Better hurry, doctor The pains are coming closer now You think we're in time? Oh, don't
10: worry I have my pocket knife with me And we'll take the appendix out In the elevator on the way down Oh, that sounds like
12: fun Oh, on, sit
7: down, right. you two <laughs> Now, come on, Harris Open your
12: mouth Now, wait a minute, doctor Please, please Don't you touch when me do you stop you go flashing away around
15: me. like that? You're going to
12: <laughs>
3: Mr.
15: Harris why, did you
12: kick me in the stomach?
3: <laughs>
12: I don't know. It seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> and I'll do it again if you come near me. Well, if you won't sit still, there's only one thing to do. Doc, look, I tell you that I don't want to have... What are you doing? Strapping you to the chair. Oh, no. Look, Ellie, he's got me strapped to the chair. Don't worry, Curly. He hasn't shaved your head yet. <laughs> <laughs>
10: Besides, I'm keeping the telephone open to the warden's office And if the governor calls with a reprieve for you, we'll have you home Doc, what are you, hey, what are you doing? I'm strapping you in, too (laughs) your teeth need attention, I'm going to see that you get
15: it
13: Dr. Branigan, are you going to pull their teeth now? Yes,
15: but I'd better not do it The way I feel about these two jokers, I'm liable to do something I'll regret later I'll let my associate pull their teeth Now, if you'll excuse me, I'll go in and tell him to get ready Hey, look, Doc, you can't do this, stuff, Hey, Alice, don't let him
12: pull my tooth You know I can't stand pain
13: Oh, come now, fellas Remember what you told me about being a baby Just relax and I'll sing to you I don't
12: feel like hearing you sing
13: Force yourself Because you're going to hear it anyway Oh
3: <laughs>
13: You're the cream in my coffee you're the salt in my stew You will always be my necessity I'd be lost without you You're the starch in my collar. You're the lace in my shoe You will always be my necessity I'd be lost without you Most men tell love tales And each phrase dovetails You've heard each known way This way is my own way You're the sail of my love boat You're the captain and crew You will always be my necessity. I'd be lost without you.
12: We're not good poets, how well we know it. We've never been great ravers. But when we speak of you, we rave a bit, it's true. Our heads are turning, and just from learning, your estimation of us. What sugar does for tea,
13: that's what you do to me. You give life savor, bring out each flavor, so this is clear, dear, you're my Worcestershire, dear. You're the sail of my love boat, you're the captain
5: and crew, you will always be my necessity,
4: I'd be lost without you.
13: Doctor, I came out here to ask you something. Is it going to hurt Mr. Harris when he has his tooth pulled? No,
15: it won't hurt a bit. My associate is an excellent extractionist. Oh?
13: Who is your associate?
15: A young man I just took into my office. I expect him any minute.
14: Hiya, Doc. Here I am.
13: Oh, no, it can't be. Doctor, Julius isn't your associate, is he? No, oh, of course not.
14: Hi, Miss Faye.
13: Hello, Julius. What are you doing here?
14: I came to pick up me father. He's having all my mother's teeth pulled.
13: Your father's having your mother's teeth
14: pulled? Yeah, they're in his leg <laughs> They had a fight last night and she bit him What are you doing here, Miss Faye?
13: Well, I'm waiting for Mr. Harris and Mr. Lewis Poor fellas are inside You see, they're going to have a lot of teeth pulled
14: Oh, isn't that splendid <laughs> Hey, th- Yellow bellies Taking this
15: Like yellow bellies They're afraid To have their teeth pulled
14: In that case Don't pull them Just kick them out <laughs> <laughs> it's One at a time Start in the back nine And when you got Eighteen holes Oh
15: now please I'm not pulling their teeth My associate is
14: Oh uh, Have they met Your associate yet?
15: No They've never seen him But I Say
14: no more I'll take it from here Doctor, you don't mind if I go in and uh, cheer them up, do you?
15: I know. Go
13: right ahead.
14: Thanks. Now, Julius, Julius, I don't want you to scare them. I don't want you to make them nervous. I ain't going to make them nervous. When I get through them, they'll be gibbering idiots. (laughs) (laughs) And not going to visit me patients.
10: I guess you're right, Curly. We're acting like a couple of babies. There's nothing to having a tooth pulled.
12: Nah, I bet it don't even hurt
14: I'll take that bet (laughs) And seeing as I'm the one who's gonna pull him I'll give you a tenth of one
12: It's the Green Hornet (laughs) Julius, nobody asked you to come Hold it, what do you mean You're the one who's gonna pull him?
14: You're waiting for the doctor's associate, ain't you?
12: Yes, we are
14: Well, guess who the doctor's associate is?
12: Oh, no
14: Oh, yes those straps the doctor's got on you, are they too tight? Certainly
12: they're too tight. We can't even move. We can't even lift our arms.
14: Good. Now that everything's battened down securely, we'll proceed with the slaughter.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Now, wait a minute, kid. These are our teeth. You can't pull them if we don't want you to.
14: Yeah, I guess you should have a say in the matter. Now then, all those who don't want their teeth pulled, raise their right hand (laughs) I see no hands raised, so the motion's defeated I'll start with you, Mr. Harris Open your mouth and tell me which tooth I'm supposed to pull I
12: ain't gonna tell you which one
14: In that case, I'll just go in and take pot luck. (laughs) Now, open your mouth so I can pull a tooth I'm
12: not gonna open my mouth Now, what are you gonna do about it?
14: There's only one thing I can do. I'll drill a hole through the top of your head and take the tooth out of the heart. Oh, would it be better if I drilled up through the chin. Nah, that would take too long. You got too many of them.
12: Julius, look... I got
14: it. I'll go through the ear. There's a hole already started there. Oh, never
12: mind. I'll open my mouth. Ooh. Roots. <laughs> Look, you sadistic little beast. Stop your kidding.
14: Who's kidding? The whole still while I pull your teeth. The Yanks aren't coming. The Yanks aren't coming. The Mr. Lewis? Now get away
10: from me. You ain't gonna pull my teeth.
14: Oh, I have no intention of pulling your teeth, Mr. Lewis. Oh, you haven't? No. I'm gonna drill holes in them and they'll fall out by themselves. Get away from me. You're gonna love to drill. It's a very pleasurable experience, especially the sound. When that drill meets the tooth and goes... Now, oh, Julia, please. Hey, I can't stand it. Neither can I, kid. Oh, them
12: pains. Oh, Julia, don't.
14: All right, fellas, I guess you had enough. You can quiet down now. I ain't gonna touch your teeth. You're not? Of course not. I ain't no dentist. Dr. Brannigan's associate, Dr. Barker, is gonna do the job. See, so you see, you got nothing to worry about.
12: Well, thank goodness. As long as a real dentist is gonna do it, it's... it. Hey, kid, tell me something, um... Which one is the best dentist, Brannigan or Barker?
14: It's a toss-up. In my opinion, Butcher Boy Brannigan is just as good as Bloody Barker.
9: (laughs) Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. Whether you're off on a vacation or just staying around home, you can listen to all your favorite records easier and better with RCA Victor's automatic three-speed portable phonograph. This remarkably compact Victrola is styled along luggage lines, has a comfortable handle for easy carrying. Take it to the shore, to the mountains. Play it anywhere there's an AC outlet. It plays all records, all three speeds. The center's the secret load up to 1445 extended play records on the large slip-on spindle. Press a button and relax to almost two hours of music. You can also play your 78 or long play records with the same automatic ease. You'll enjoy concert hall tone at every speed because this portable Victrola has RCA Victor's famous Golden Throat Tone System. First chance you get, see and hear the automatic three-speed Victrola portable phonograph at your RCA Victor dealer's.
12: Hi, this is Phil again Spring is here and the call of the open highway beckons to millions of motorists Once again, the National Safety Council asks you to drive safely carefully and to keep alert Take your tip from the professional truck driver and remember that driving is a full-time job Slow down for safety's sake The life you save... Maybe you're wrong. Thanks, and good night, everyone.
13: Good night, everybody.
9: Included in this program transcribed were Julie Bennett and Joseph Kern. The part of Julius was played by Walter Tetley. There's music to match most every mood in RCA Victor's series of mood music albums. Hugo Winterhalter and his orchestra play music for romancing, music for reminiscing. 16 wonderful selections in all including such favorites as Penthouse Serenade, Deep Purple, Always, and These Foolish Things. Listen to the new Hugo Winterhalter mood music albums on long play records or on the exciting new 45 extended plays. At your RCA Victor record dealers now.
15: Next, hear Theater Guild on the air over NBC...
0: Hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking Welcome to another episode of the 1942-1943 season of the Jack Benny Show Tonight's episode is going to feature Rochester heavily And uh, you will enjoy uh, reading the article uh, that recently came out about Rochester and World War II It's just from the same time frame and it ties into this episode so well Um that I'm going to uh, connect to this, uh, to the article, so you can read it. It's free. Um, I highly suggest this whole magazine that it's in, just because they do such a great job of it. Um, it's probably the best free um, OTR magazine I can think of, and so um, I would definitely read that article, as I say. Um, I think you're. <laughs> it's a lot of fun how the episode plays with something that was happening in reality, in the fantasy, and I don't know if that's ever mentioned in the episode, um, and I'm not going to give anything more away, because I don't want to give away that what the episode's about, but um, anyway, enjoy that, and uh, the other thing I was going to mention was something, <laughs> I had a whole thing set up, you know what, We'll let it go. <laughs> this is long enough. This is late at night when I'm recording this. So, uh, uh, anyway, it, enjoy this. Oh, I don't remember what it is now. <laughs> you know, um, this summer, we're going to have Summer of the Stars. And it's going to be um, where every night is a diff- features a different um, star from movies. That made their own. Um, that made their own uh, radio series, and so, for instance, uh, one will definitely have is Jimmy Stewart's The Six Shooter, which is his radio series that he was in the Western he was in. Um, we will have uh, Orson Welles doing his variety series that uh, that was on in 1943 season I believe it started up. and and we'll have lots of other shows but I have so many shows that it won't fit so I need to get rid of some I need to think of so some that are on the cusp that I'm thinking about uh, I'm definitely going to have some of them but not all of them are Halls Vivy with Ronald Coleman and Benita Coleman. Uh, if you want to really want me to play that, then you need to email me at buckbennyotr at gmail.com and tell me that you want that. Uh, another one that's kind of on the cusp that I'm thinking about having or not having is Alan Ladd in box thirteen. If you want uh, to hear alied of box 13, then of course email me that. Um, another one that's uh, possibly thinking about is um, who else is there? There was some others I was thinking about. Let me think. hmm. Tell you what, we'll just go with those two for now. So, which one of those two would you want? And we may have another chance for you to vote here in a few days on, on between another couple. So, uh, anyway, enjoy, and we'll see you next time.
1: The Grape Nuts Flakes program, coming to you from Gardner Field near Taft, California, and starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, Rochester, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> it takes common sense as well as dollars and cents to make your food budgets come out right. Food prices have not only hit the ceiling, but in many cases have gone right on up through the roof. You know yourself, some foods have gone up as high as 75%. But one happy exception is tempting sweet-as-a-nut grape nuts flakes. For the average cost of grape nuts flakes to you is actually less today than it was four years ago. And with the large 12-ounce economy-sized package of grape nuts flakes, you get up to 16 helpings at only about a penny a serving. So here's a thrift-wise, non-rationed Basic 7 cereal that's also tops an appetite appeal. You'll never have any trouble selling your family on Grape Nuts Flakes. It sells itself with the very first moldy rich mouthful. It's the distinctive Grape Nuts flavor turned out in crisp, toasty brown flake form. America's fastest growing cereal, Grape Nuts Flakes. You don't give up a single precious ration stamp to buy Grape Nuts Flakes. the boys played by the orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, from the recreation hall here at Gardner Field, we bring you that old-time pin-up boy, Jack Benny!
2: Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, you may have meant that as a gag, but I am the pin-up boy for thousands of whacks all over the country. What, um... No, really, what Betty Grable is to the men, I am to the fair sex. Well, tell me, Jack, what's the most popular picture of you that the girls pin up? Uh, It's a pose of me in bathing trunks, Don, and I have the hair on my chest clipped so it spells welcome. (laughs) (laughs) On the way to the photographers, four people stopped and wiped their feet on me. (laughs) Anyway, Don, here we are at Gardner Field And if I was in the Air Force, this is where I'd like to be stationed I mean, the climate here is so cool and
3: refreshing Cool? Yeah Why,
2: well, stepped outside a few minutes ago and the thermometer said... Uh-uh, uh Don, uh-uh That's a military secret, you know But these fellows in our audience are all soldiers, can't we tell them? No, no, Don, and stop perspiring, that's a clue <laughs> You know, uh, we have to be careful about the information we give out. Oh, know? that's right. The enemy have their ears to the ground. Well, they're laying down all over, if that's what you <laughs> mean.
3: <laughs> well,
2: one thing about the climate here around Taft, it may be hot in the daytime, but at night you can sleep under two blankets. Yes, sir. Two wool blankets.
1: And be perfectly comfortable? Are you kidding? You'll suffocate.
3: <laughs> but, speaking of <laughs> uh,
2: Speaking of heat, a fat boy like you must really suffer. Oh, no, I'm not so fat, Jack. I look stout, but I'm really all muscle. I see. Well, Don, if your girdle ever gets an eight-hour pass, watch that muscle spread out. <laughs> In other words, Tuppy, that bustle ain't muscle. <laughs> Look, fellas, a mirage. No, it's really a girl. Hello, Mary.
6: Hello, Jack. Hi, fellas.
2: Yeah. Well, Mary, how do you how do you like it here at Gardner Field?
6: Oh, fine. Say, Jack, did I hear you bragging to Don about the wax making you their pinup boy?
2: That's the truth, Mary. In fact, the wax at Bangor, Maine have 250 pictures of me on the walls of their barracks.
6: Well, if they ever get wallpaper, down you come.
2: (laughs) Mary, all I asked you was, how do you like it here at Gardner Field? That's all I asked. That's all That's all I asked
6: I told you, fine Good And you know what, Jack? What? I had the biggest thrill this afternoon I found out my brother was stationed here Your brother? Yeah, and can you imagine? He's only been here two weeks And he's a colonel already
2: No kidding Really, uh, a colonel
6: in two weeks? He must be When I saw him, he was carrying a long swagger stick With a tassel on the end of it
2: That was A mop A mop <laughs> That's all I asked you that was, that was a mop
6: Oh, then that helmet he was swinging on his arm Must have been a bucket
2: Certainly Anyway, Mary, it's nice to see a member of your family In the armed forces uh, What's your brother studying here at Gardner Field?
6: He's learning to be a gardener
2: Now cut that out <laughs> Brother, a gardener. When he graduates, he'll probably pin a string bean on him instead of wings. <laughs> oh, hello, Phil. Hiya, Jackson. It's a little close in here, fellas. Applaud me and fan the air. Phil, <laughs> let me ask you something. Why do you always ask for applause when you make your entrance? Because applause is food to an actor, and I miss my lunch. <laughs> Well, Phil, in the first place, in the first place, you're not an actor. And in the second place, you haven't had a lunch in 20 years that you didn't have to blow the foam off of.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Say, Phil, uh, I didn't see you on the bus this morning. Where were you? Well, me and Frankie, my guitar player,
2: drove up yesterday afternoon and spent the night in Taft. You know, we wanted to get a good night's sleep. Oh. Well, where did you, uh... Where'd you stay in Taft? A peaceful little spot called the Fox Hotel. (laughs) Wait a minute, Phil. The Fox Hotel in Taft is where most of these cadets go every Saturday night. Must have been plenty noisy. No, no, it wasn't, Jackson. Me and Frankie didn't hear a sound. Phil, look. I live in Los Angeles, over a hundred miles away. And many a Saturday night when the wind is in the right direction... (laughs) I can hear the manager of the Fox Hotel saying, "Please, boys, put the roof back on."
3: <laughs>
2: you know. It. Now tell, now tell the truth, Bill. What what time did you get to bed? Well, I looked at my watch and it said nine o'clock. Nine a.m. or nine p.m.? That's the trouble with watches; they don't say.
8: <laughs>
2: well, you and your guitar player must have been in a fine fog there.
8: Hey, Mister Benny. Going back on the bus tonight, is it all right if oh, I... Oh, oh,
2: hello, Dennis.
8: Hello. <laughs> Gee,
2: was that applause for me? No. Mary, quit straightening your stocking.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> My goodness, huh?
8: Say, Mr. Benny, going back on the bus tonight, is it all how, right How
2: How I... do you feel, kid? Fine, thank you. Good.
8: A few minutes ago, I stopped for a drink at a well and it was awfully greasy.
2: Well, that uh, that was an oil well. It was? Yes, you shouldn't have stopped at an oil well for a drink.
8: You mean because I haven't got a B card?
3: <laughs>
2: no, you shouldn't drink oil. No use waiting, I gotta have a talk with that kid.
8: <laughs> I wish you would. There are so many things I want to find out.
2: Never mind.
8: Say, Mr. Benny. Yes, Jerk? Going home on the bus tonight, Is it all right if I ride inside with the rest of you? No, Dennis. The bus is too crowded. You'll
2: have to sit out on the radiator like you did coming up. Hanging over that motor for 100 miles, that's where I got the oil habit. You didn't get the habit. You only had one drink. Oh, Now, let's have your song, Dennis. What's it gonna be?
8: I'm gonna sing a very popular new ballad called You'll Never Know.
2: That is a good tune.
8: Hey, Jackson, that song happens to be from the motion picture Hello, Frisco, Hello, starring that glamorous blonde Alice, um, Alice, uh,
12: oh, what's her name? Alice Faye. Oh, yes, I'll get thumped when I get home.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I hope you do. All right, Dennis, let's have your song.
4: How much I miss you, you'll never know just how much I care, and if I tried, I still couldn't hide my love for you to know, for haven't I told you so, a million or more times, you went away and my heart went with you, I speak your name in my every.
2: I love you sung by Dennis Day and very good Dennis. But you know, kid, all these love songs prove just one thing. What's that, Mr. Benny? I don't know. They prove how easy it is for a woman to make a man fall in love with her. Yeah. You know? You know, kid, it's it's awful the tricks a woman can play on a man's heart, especially in the moonlight.
8: Sometimes right out in the sunshine they'll get you. <laughs> You said it. And on a rainy day, holy smoke!
2: What'd you say, kid?
8: On a rainy day, holy Holy
2: smoke! smoke. (laughs) I wanted them to hear that. I didn't want you to talk into the lamp. I tell you, kid, when a woman makes up her mind to get a man, he's a dead duck.
8: Yeah, lucky we're safe from women, by golly.
2: What do you mean, we're safe from women?
8: Well, they haven't got to me yet, and they passed you long ago.
2: No, they haven't, Dennis. As a matter of fact, I'm the official pinup boy for the wax. Yes, sir.
6: A bunch of girls away from home, they miss their fathers, and he takes it the wrong way. (laughs) Now, wait a
2: minute. Wait a minute, Mary. I know a top sergeant that's nuts about me. You ought to see the letters she writes. But getting back to the subject, Dennis, as you grow older, kid, you'll find out that in most cases the woman is the aggressor. Don't you think so, Phil? Well, yes and no. What do you mean, yes and no? I don't know what aggressor
3: means.
2: (laughs) Aggressor, aggressor, Phil, means when you're standing on a corner minding your own business, a girl comes along and gives you a lift in her car. She asks you if you have a cigarette. You say, I do, and there's a preacher in the rumble (laughs) seat. That's aggressor, brother. I tell you, you got to watch women and their
1: little tricks. You're right, Jack. And speaking of women's wiles, ladies and gentlemen, let me show you how an innocent man can be putty in a woman's hand. You said it. Take the example of Mr. Homer J. Putty. That's me, folks. And a young waitress by the name of Miss Malbatos.
6: That's me, I guess.
1: The setting is that popular rendezvous in Taft, California, called Cena's Cafe. (laughs) Music.
2: Well, good morning
6: Good morning What do you have, big boy?
2: Give me a package of Beeman's and chewing gum, please
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
6: This is a restaurant What you chew here, you swallow <laughs> Oh,
2: yes I think I'll have a bowl of toasty brown sweet as a nut, grape nuts flakes
6: Say, you're kind of cute. Are you a stranger in town?
2: Yes. Great nuts flakes, please.
6: You're not married, are you, Cutie?
2: No, I'm not. Great nuts flakes,
6: please. I'm not married either, Dreamboat.
2: That's very interesting. Great nuts flakes, please.
6: Say, baby face, you know there's a dance at a moose hall tonight.
2: Well, get a moose and go. I want some
3: great nuts.
6: I'm
2: starving. I haven't had any breakfast yet.
6: Well, if we were married, I could fix your breakfast with my own little hands. But we're not
2: married. Now, will you please get me some toasty nut, sweet as a grape nuts grape flakes? I mean grape nut flakes,
6: please. Well, if I give you a dish of grape nuts flakes, will you marry me? Yes. Hi, darling.
1: Sweetheart. (laughs) Now, now the moral of this story, fellas, is that if you're lonesome and you want to get married. Just go into a restaurant and order great nuts flakes. I thank you Very good, Doc. And Phil, the only
2: thing that can follow that is a band number by you and your orchestra Just think, Phil, this will be the next to the last time we'll be hearing your orchestra this season One more Sunday and we're off the air Only one more broadcast? Say, I better start saving my money <laughs> Start saving your money? Phil, do you mean to say that as long as you've been working for me, you haven't put anything aside? Not a penny Well, for heaven's sake, what are you going to do when you're 80 years old? I figure I'll just sit around and listen to my skin dry. (laughs) Well, that ought to be noisy and exciting. (laughs) Imagine not saving a penny. Phil, did you ever hear the story about the grasshopper and the ant? All summer long, the ant was busy storing up little particles of food in his house. But the grasshopper, that's you, Twitch.
3: <laughs>
2: he just jumped around and had a good time. Where would a grasshopper go for a good time? The Fox Hotel. Now pay attention. <laughs> anyway, all summer the ant worked and worked and worked. And the grasshopper played and played and played.
8: This is boring me. I'm going outside for a drink of oil.
3: <laughs> Dennis,
8: come back here. <laughs>
2: And when winter came, Phil, the ant had plenty to eat but the grasshopper nearly starved to death. Now, Phil, do you get the moral of that story? Sure, if you're a grasshopper and you want to eat, you better grab yourself a rich old ant. Well, that's close enough. Get your head out, Phil, and play, character. And as musical
1: grasshoppers. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as
2: long as we're here at Gardner Field... Well, oh, pardon
1: me for interrupting, Jack, but I was talking to Colonel Anderson, and he's trying to arrange that parachute jump you spoke about. <laughs> parachute jump?
6: Certainly, you were talking about it on the bus this morning.
1: I was talking about making
2: a parachute jump?
6: Of course, you were showing off for that little blonde who was sitting next to you.
2: You mean Hortense, the girl who's going up to Napa County to get a job in a winery because her boyfriend, who still owes her her $18, has been stepping out with somebody else?
8: I was just making conversation. Speaking of that blonde, Mr. Benny, I think it was very nice of you to give her the $18 her boyfriend owed her. When did I give her $18? She took it out of your pocket when you were fixing the window shade.
2: Well, I'll be darned. Listen, Dennis, when that girl was removing the bills from my pocket, why didn't you say something?
8: Well, that's the first time I ever saw you spend any money and I was fascinated. Well, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to
2: me. Are
6: you gonna kill yourself now or wait till the program's over? Neither one, that. Nah.
2: That $18 is coming out of Dennis's salary. He was a spotter and he didn't report. <laughs> anyway, Don, getting back to... I can't understand Hortense doing that. She had such a baby face. Uh, getting back to Colonel uh, Anderson. Cheer
6: up, Jack. When she's jumping up and down in those grapes at the winery, she's liable to slip and sprain her ankle. <laughs>
2: That's right. Anyway, Don, getting back to... Of course, she has such beautiful legs. I wouldn't want that to happen.
1: <laughs> uh, getting
2: back to Colonel Anderson. Thank him very much for his kind offer, but tell him I've already made a parachute jump, and there wouldn't be any thrill in either one. Huh? Why, Jack, I didn't know you ever bailed out of a plane. Oh, sure, Don. Last year at March Field, and I wasn't a bit scared.
6: Ha ha ha. You weren't scared, eh? Tell Don what really happened.
2: Now, Mary. What was it, Mary?
6: Well, Don, one day last year, when we were on the bus to March Field, Jack met a girl who was going to Saboba Hot Springs.
2: She got my watch, come to think of it.
6: <laughs> Anyway, Jack, I started bragging and told this girl he was going to Marchfield to make a parachute jump. Parachute
2: jump, parachute jump.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So
6: I fixed it so we'd get a big transport plane and all go up and watch Jack bail out. There was Phil and Dennis and Rochester was there and myself, and Jack was really scared.
2: Gosh, I'm dizzy. Look at the ground way down there. Wow.
6: Jack, will you please come down off that stepladder?
2: I want to get used to the altitude I know what I'm doing Well, Dennis, Phil, put your parachutes on We ain't gonna jump, Jackson Yes, you are When I go, everybody goes Gosh, I'm scared There's nothing to be scared of, Dennis When I was a test pilot years ago I used to jump all the time
6: Were you a test pilot, Mr. Benny? Sure He used to try out pitchforks in a livery stable
3: <laughs>
2: Well, it was darn tough work now, let's see. I wonder if this parachute goes, uh... What are you doing, Mr. Benny? Oh, hello,
5: Rochester.
3: <laughs>
2: well, Rochester, we're going for a plane ride, and I want you to come along.
5: Wait a minute, boss. You want me to get in a plane and go up there above those clouds?
4: Yes,
2: there's one empty
5: seat. And empty it shall
2: remain. <laughs> Now, Rochester, don't be such a baby. Flying is the greatest thing in the world. You show me a man that doesn't want to fly, and I'll show you a man with no imagination. Dull, ain't I? (laughs) But, Rochester, flying is a wonderful experience. It gives you the feeling that you're a bird soaring through the clouds. Uh (laughs) An eagle gliding over a mountain pass. Oh, uh-huh. Rochester! Wouldn't you like to have wings? Only in the biblical sense, and that can
3: wait.
2: <laughs> Rochester, I'm not going to argue with you. We're all going up in that plane. You all, not me all. <laughs> yes, you are. Oh, uh, oh, Lieutenant, is the plane ready? Right over here, Mr. Benny. And watch that cigar. You'll burn a hole in your parachute. Oh, a little hole. What can that hurt? A lot. When your parachute opens up and there's a hole in it, you'll get sunburned on the way down. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Hmm.
6: Well, what are you waiting for, Jack? Let's get in the plane.
2: I was wondering, Mary, don't you think it's a little windy to go up today?
6: If you hadn't been so windy on that bus, you wouldn't have to go up at all. (laughs) Now, you're coming or not?
2: Okay, okay. Come on, Phil, Dennis. We're coming. Well, I'll be darned. Oh,
6: Rochester! Yes,
2: boy! (laughs) What are you doing with that jackrabbit? I just wanted to borrow his
3: hind leg!
2: (laughs) (laughs) You get in this plane. All right, Lieutenant, we're ready. Very well. Turn it over! (laughs) Say, Mary, see the field way down there?
6: Yeah, it sure looks small, doesn't it?
2: Yes, sir. Hey, Rochester, look at the ground. Way, way down there. I ain't looking till I'm close enough to kiss it. (laughs) I never saw such a baby. Say, Jackson, get a load of them cars on the highway below us. They look like little black dots. Yeah. Rochester, look down at that highway. Boss, please! (laughs) Open your
8: eyes. Dennis, what's that folder you got there? Instructions on how to use a parachute. Oh, have you got them down pat? I think so. I have to jump out of the plane, count to ten, pull the ripcord, and if the chute doesn't open, I've got to count all over again. I worry about things like that. Dennis, believe me, if the
2: chute doesn't open, there's
8: nothing to worry about. It's different with you. You've led a good, clean life.
0: (laughs)
2: Quiet! what a dodo
6: Jack, what are you taking that parachute off for?
2: Because Dennis has made me so aggravated with a silly talk that I'm not going to jump
6: Put that back on Oh, all right My goodness, Jack, you're a bigger coward than Rochester
5: I doubt that, Miss Livingston, but thanks just the same (laughs) (laughs) Say, uh,
2: Lieutenant (laughs) Lieutenant, how high are we? 5,400 feet Okay, stop the plane and let's jump.
3: <laughs>
2: stop the plane? Certainly. You don't think I'm going to jump out of this plane when it's going 100 miles an hour, do you? But, Mr. Benny, if we stop the plane, our static equilibrium will be destroyed and we'll fall to the ground. Sure, it's the law of gravy. <laughs>
6: That's
2: gravity, stupid.
6: He's stupid and you wanted to stop the plane.
2: Okay, okay. Open the door, Lieutenant. <laughs> Boy, that air is cold. Well, go ahead, Phil. You and Dennis jump first. And if everything goes all right, I'll take a leap. Okay, here goes.
4: So long, everybody.
2: <whistles> there goes Harris. Look at that chute fly over. I'll go next. So long,
6: everybody. <whistles> there goes the lieutenant.
2: You're next, Dennis. Here goes. Dennis, don't hold your nose. You're not jumping in water.
6: <laughs>
8: okay, so long, everybody. <whistles> Dennis, what are you doing back in the plane? My suspenders got caught on the doorknob. <laughs> so long, everybody.
2: There goes Dennis.
8: And you're next.
2: Wait a minute, Mary. I just had a funny idea. Oh, Rochester. Yes, boss. Why don't you jump in my place? You know, just
5: for a gag. Boss, I wouldn't jump out of here if that river down below was straight Kentucky bourbon. <laughs>
2: Oh, what a sissy.
6: Go ahead and jump, Jack. Here, I'll give you a shove. Mary,
2: stop pushing me. Let
6: go of that door. Mary, don't
2: shove me. Whoop, whoop. Now, now
6: Jack Benny, you let go of that door, sir. Pull me up. I'm hanging here in the air. Rochester, hand me that hammer. Mary, don't you dare hit my
2: fingers with that hammer.
8: Oh, my fingers. Help, help. Mary, pull me up. Pull me up.
1: Oh, well, here go. (laughs)
8: goes.
2: Say, this is fun floating down like this. I'm glad I brought my Reader's Digest with me. Oh, boy, this is really... That better be my shirt. Play, Phil.
1: realize that Uncle Sam's Basic 7 nutrition program is really old man opportunity knocking at your door? For the Basic 7, the seven groups of foods our government urges us to eat every day, was created to ensure a better fed and hence more efficient America. It's bound to have a history-making influence on wise ways of eating. And one food that's not only a basic seven food, but is also plentiful and thrifty and not rationed, is whole grain cereals. So every time you try to enjoy crisp, toasty brown grape nuts flakes, remember, you're getting the important whole grain nourishment of a basic seven cereal. As a matter of fact... With every delicious bowl full of grape nuts, flakes, and milk, you're including two basic seven foods. Add fruit, and you make it three. Join up today with the basic seven food program homemakers for a better fed America. Good night, folks. The Jack Benny program is written by Bill Maher and Ed Beloyed. Since the War Department does not endorse any product, the broadcast is not intended as an endorsement of our product by the War Department.